Hello and welcome to another episode of the Travelling Introvert Career Conversations. Today I am talking to Scott McKay. Scott, say hi. Hey Janice, it's a pleasure to be here today. I can't uh, can't wait to get on with our conversation and uh, see what uh, comes of it. All right. Thank you so very much for joining us. And the first question I ask everybody is, what does introversion mean to you? Well, I think a lot of times people get uh, introversion and shyness crossed up. And introversion to me is a function of personality type where I gain energy based on solitude and being alone rather than gaining energy from being in a big group of people. I'm friends with a uh, uh, a very erudite scholar who specializes in this area, and he explained it to me the best way I've ever heard. If you imagine a big social group where all the uh, outgoing extroverted people are in the middle of the room talking amongst themselves and everybody else is kind of along the perimeter with their hands in their pockets, there are two types of people along that perimeter of the room. There are people who are desperately wishing they could be one of those people in the middle of the room and would love to be there. And there's another group of people who are looking at their watch and they can't get out of there fast enough. The former are the shy people. The latter are the introverts. <laughs> that is a great, I like that. Um, uh, that Yes, because there is definitely a, a section of humans that are like, oh, not envious, but like they, they strive to, they want to be that. They think that is the way to go. And and uh, the rest of us are like, yeah, how many people do I have to talk to and how soon can I get out of this? Very much yeah, There so. could be a little bit of hybridization there, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So thank you for that. That is an interesting answer. And that's the first one I've had of that one. So can you tell me a little bit about the work that you do currently? Yeah, I uh, actually have been a coach and I guess you would say kind of a subject matter expert in the area of dating and relationships now for going on 18 years. And so I have uh, men and women come to both me and my wife from all over the world uh, looking to be better at finding love. And we're very relationship oriented. And so with that, I'm sure there are a lot of misconceptions. So can you tell me a couple of the misconceptions and why they are misconceptions about your industry? Well, you know, back in, say, the mid-aughts, there was a lot of men's dating advice that was kind of focused on becoming a pickup artist and just kind of notching your bedpost. And we've always been the relationship-oriented ones, and really good guys come to us uh, who want to find the woman of their dreams and live the dream with her. And I think another misconception that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with that, if you don't mind the, <laughs> yeah. the industry-specific reference there, um, is that People who would come to us are kind of the lovable loser type. You know, they're people who like lack social skill or they're really lonely uh, or like they're a 40 year old virgin. I've coached three different Navy SEALs, captains of industries, entrepreneurs, uh, mostly people who have just about everything going for them or certainly a lot going for them in this life. But what they don't have is the right person to share it with a lot of wonderful, charming, even beautiful women who come to us and they're just, their pickers broken. They keep getting the wrong guy, same relationship with the wrong guy over and over again. Okay. And so before you did this, cause you mentioned you've done this for a, a fair chunk of time. What did you do before that? Well, interestingly enough, uh, I feel like I've 
almost gone through three different careers by this stage. So a lot of times people talk about their life purpose or meeting their goals as if that's one big monolithic thing in on your deathbed someday, hopefully a long time from now, you reflect and go, yeah, I either did it or I did or I did not. Uh, I feel like I've accomplished some goals and lived some purposes and that uh, moved on from them. The first one was actually uh, kind of being a coach before the word coach was even a thing. I helped kids who were headed in the wrong direction, getting into gangs and so forth in the Southwestern United States, get on the right path. And then when that uh, became a little bit of a Vita Loca, I went into the business world and uh, went into the internet working world right when the internet was starting to become a thing. And that was amazing. And I would say that I ascended probably to the dream job that most people would want to have in that world. But I found it was really unfulfilling to work for a fortune 10 for a fortune 50 company making fortune 10 company richer. And I was sitting in a cubicle going, well, this can't be my destination. I just don't really feel like I'm, 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 I'm having much of a purpose here other than to make somebody money. I mean, it became a, a deal where I would put together decks of slides and PowerPoints for guys, two rungs up the corporate ladder for me, from me to give as a presentation to someone else. And I'd never even hear what happened in the presentation. And as you can imagine, that was really unfulfilling. So I uh, really wanted to be in a place again, where I was helping the world be a better place. And right when I got out of that industry, the internet working business world. I went through a very bitter divorce, which left me uh, kind of reeling. And I knew I didn't want to be a victim. I wanted to get better. I, I wanted to uh, be a better man. I wanted to attract uh, the kind of woman who uh, I could have a real relationship with that would be for a lifetime and succeeded so wildly on that journey that I'm just passionate nowadays, as is my wife, who went along a similar journey, by the way, to uh, help people find love. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's one of the most important things in life. So it's a lot more fulfilling nowadays. And so with these changes in your career, especially the last one, was there a time where you made the decision to leave or you were let go? I made the decision. That's kind of a complicated question. After I left that one company, they went through a huge downturn. The whole industry did kind of around 2002, 2003. And so everybody got laid off. Uh, but I found another job in that industry, but it was really just more of the same. So I started kind of uh, feathering my nest so I could uh, I, I could make the handoff to going back into the space where I was helping people. I started building the business kind of on the side. And once that hit critical mass, I was able to leave the internet working world for good. Okay. And you mentioned that the internet working world was very unfulfilling. How was it for your energy levels? Well, I mean, it saps the heck out of your energy level. <laughs> I mean, anytime you feel like you're kind of an anonymous member of a team and you're just kind of keeping your nose to the grindstone, doing rote work that you really don't see the benefit from either personally, it, it, it doesn't make you excited and enthusiastic. That's for sure. And see, I'm an, I'm naturally a curious, enthusiastic person. I, uh, one of my guys, uh, my friends who I, uh, graduated high school with, once we reconnected on Facebook again, years later, he said, you know what I remember about you, Scott, you love being alive more than anybody else I know. And I took that as a tremendous compliment. So 
you know, two years at Lucent, uh, I was actually warned that this job will sap, sap the, suck the life out of you. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna let that happen because, you know, I'm Mr. Optimistic. Uh, but I, I saw people around me who had been there for 20, 30 years and they, they didn't exactly look like they were full of life energy to be sure. Yeah. So much better now, much, much more going on. And, you know, there's been kind of a reinvention of the American dream in my imagination and my wife. So it isn't so much living in suburbia and working in a cubicle all day. It's, it's really more about freedom and being able to do what we want, go where we want, travel, have the adventures, uh, spend more money on experiences than on a new BMW to match up with the neighbors, et cetera, et cetera. You get the drift. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of this new life that you are, are leading or not new, um, different life that you are leading. Can you tell me something that you have done regularly that has improved your business? Something that I've done regularly that improves my business. Well, uh, I would say staying focused and continually building and learning and growing. I mean, even right before the podcast today that we're on, that we're recording, uh, what I was doing up until the moments we were talking together, Janice, was I was getting better. I was learning. I was on a seminar where I, I was getting better at what I do. So I think you can't stay stagnant. The other thing that I, I would say is that we've traveled extensively. And when you travel, you learn the difference between what the media tells you and what the real world is really like. You get to know more people, your biases, your preconceived notions are evaporated. Uh, I'm also going to give you an unpopular answer. Is that okay? Yes. Like many entrepreneurs who are also introverted, <laughs> and I hope we get to that part at some point in this conversation, because I'd love to talk about that. But uh, like many introverted entrepreneurs, it was easy for me to work 24-7, 365 without ever getting up out of, off my desk and thinking work, 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 build, 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 uh, empire, empire, empire. And my wife came to me one day and said, you know, you need some downtime and I want you to come into the living room with me and we're going to watch a stupid comedy show with no inherent value on, and uh, I'm going to make you sit here and watch TV with me. And I'm like, well, TV is the biggest waste of time ever. Here, here's, here's the unpopular part. As a dating relationship coach, I now have found my practice so enriched because of the examples that Hollywood brings to the table. Like you watch these shows and you watch people relate and you watch how, how marriages work and dating relationships work and the plot complications and what happens over and over again. And it seems like, I can ask so many people, hey, have you ever seen this movie? Or maybe you should watch this movie or just go to YouTube and watch this clip of this particular scene from this particular movie. And it really illuminates the value of what I do for a living, weirdly enough, having watched more TV and movies. I don't know if that – I think a lot of people's mileage would vary. I don't know if you're an accountant. It's going to be such a positive thing. But for us, that's been an unexpected benefit is watching more TV and movies, how that intersects with – Adventure and going out and experiences. I, I think there's a balance, of course. I'm I'm a huge pundit uh, for the idea of of not watching life happen for other people on television, but going out and and living vicariously through yourself for a change. You know, but uh, I hope that answers your question for you. It did, and that was that was a great piece of insight. And so, conversely, is there something that you say no to? 
I say no to anything that someone else could do better, more easily, or have more time to than me. Uh, I say no to things that are going to take me off my focus and my purpose. And I do so freely and I do so, you know, cheerfully, but I don't take on things because I, I'm no longer a people pleaser. So I don't take on things simply because I hope I don't disappoint someone. I disappoint people all the time and it's interesting. They just go, okay. And they get over it, you know, because I, I just don't have time for everything in the world nowadays. So no is an easy answer. And I think that uh, from an entrepreneur's point of view, that is probably the hardest thing for entrepreneurs to learn. I mean, until you scale to a certain point, then you have to say no to, mo to almost everything because you only have so many hours in the day and it's got to be delegated to someone else. I mean, I outsource just about everything nowadays. Is that how you conserve, preserve your energy as an introverted entrepreneur? No, I think it's just a matter of necessity. I just simply don't have time to do everything that needs to be done around here. And importantly, I'm often not the best guy to do it. There's a certain arrogance in my mind associated with, okay, I'm the expert at everything. I'm the Lord high everything else. You know, I wear many hats around here. And so I don't need a webmaster. I don't need a video guy. I don't need an editor. I don't need other coaches. I don't need anybody. I'm just going to do it all myself. I think that's, that's the battle cry of someone who is an underachiever in life. And they wonder why that happened because they wanted to do everything themselves because they, they they thought they had it all. I am absolutely sure and convinced that there are people all over the world who are better at what they do than I'll ever be at it, no matter how much time, practice, or stubbornness I put into it. And it's just a lot easier to let them do that and appreciate them for their work instead of trying to be all things to all people. Actually, I think that's a function of immaturity, frankly, to be that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, so many things I want to ask about that. I'm ask them all, man. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> well, because it's, you'll get people on their entrepreneurial journey who are just starting out. And so what advice would you give to them to get to the stage where they will go and delegate things? Because a lot of the times people are focused on, well, saving money because they're trying to get started. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, here's, I'll, I'll give you the voice of experience. And I don't want to sound like I had everything figured out from step one. I, I most certainly didn't. Uh, I mean, I was raised where nothing was ever good enough. And anytime there was even a scintilla of lack of accomplishment, we had to fix it because it was broken. And that, you know, that was no way to be raised and it's no way to live. So over the years, I, I've come down from that. But the, what I would say to someone who's a new entrepreneur is, first of all, you are going to feel like an imposter for probably a full year if you're doing something that has any complexity to it, complexity to it at all. I remember probably the first year, year and a half, I was running XMI Communications. Every day, Janet, Janice, I learned something that made me feel stupid for not knowing it already. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding. That's how you do this. And I, I almost, I, I just felt really humbled by that because I'm, I've always been tested as a high IQ individual. So I don't like looking stupid, but any time, and, and what that'll do, if you let it, especially if you're an introvert is it'll keep you from trying new things. It'll keep you in your box of what you know. And anytime you stop learning, anytime you stop growing, anytime you become so stubborn that you don't want to be coached by anybody else, 
Uh, you act like you know everything. That's like the worst fault you can have because then you're stuck with all the rest of your faults for the rest of your life. So I didn't, I, I decided that wasn't a, a very good plan. So simply having the humility to say, all right, there's someone who can do this better than me and I probably should let them. And now we live in the world of AI where, you know, I don't believe a and AI is as good as the most talented humans, but it certainly is better than me at a lot of things. So, you know, that's better than me spending time unnecessarily that AI could do in an instance to, you know, do a better job. Uh, so again, there's a balance there, but I also think that what goes along with that is an arrogance, at least on my part, I can't speak for everybody else. And I don't want to project, but I always thought that if I'm not good at it, then clearly it must cost an arm and a leg to get it done right. Cause it's gotta be so complicated and such a rare, valuable skill and then I paid like a hundred bucks for somebody to do something in a half an hour that would have took, taken me 10 years of learning to figure out. And I still wouldn't have had the inherent talent for it. And that's what set me straight on that. And then I realized, okay, it's perfectly good to have a team of people around me doing what I can't do. And we all get lifted up and we're all better that way. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. And surprise question, not related okay. to anything that I've been talking about is in your opinion is a hot dog a sandwich yes oh red and it's got something in the middle of it if, if a hot dog isn't a sandwich and the sub isn't a sandwich same design all right i like the way you answered and you gave why <laughs> and it was it was straight out there i was like yes i know what this is and off you go thank you so please tell the audience where they can find you out on the internet or maybe in person but where is the best place to find you and find out more about the wonderful work that you do with your wife? It's very simple. Please go to scottmckay.net and I have one T in my name. So it's www.scotmckay.net. And if you're a reader, I've got a free book for you that will help you with your relationships and your and whether you're single or married um, immediately called Deserve What You Want. It's usually $37. I'll give it to you for free. Also, if you're a listener, I've got one of the most popular uh, podcasts in the men's dating advice world, and it's been there since 2007 called The Mountaintop. You can subscribe, listen to it for free. It's a good show. I have great guests. And also, if you want to talk to me personally, where you find me in person, just like you said, Janice, you can get on my calendar. First 25 minutes is free. We'll talk about where you are, where you want to be, and uh, if you want to do a program with me, we can do that. If you want to find a different solution, that's fine also. I also just recently added um, an audio program to that site that I'm excited about. And I know this is something that introverts would probably struggle with is how to talk to your son about women and sex for dads, because I think the best way to handle this and this, this epidemic uh, of men and women not knowing how to relate to each other is for a parent to actually make that part of parenting. And I think a lot of moms and dads put their heads in the sand and just don't want to talk about it because it's either too shameful or too weird or too awkward. I remove all those obstacles for you in that little program and it's only 20 bucks and well worth the investment. Yes. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said there. Um, it could make a huge difference in the world and how people relate to each other. Thank yeah. you so very much for your time and answering my questions and sharing what you do with us, Scott. Um, 
Yeah, it has been great having you on board. So this is Janice from thecareerintrovert.com, helping you build your brand and get hired. Have a great rest of your week. 